guys, I'm Taze Trophy Kids. We've got a great show for you, recapping the NFL Week 5, 4, and we're giving our Week 5 picks. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. Second, up is down, east is west. I don't know what's going on anymore. The NFL is madhouse. How are you doing today, sir? I'm fine. How are you? Doing all right. I bought one, which was which we'll get to here in a moment. But the theme of this NFL week was a little uh, unpredictable at best for some. Some things, though, never change. The dysfunctionality of your Redskins is definitely one of them. Oh. I mean, throwing Haskins out there with, what, maybe 15 minutes <laughs> at a time is one of the worst situations I've ever seen a quarterback be thrown into. I mean, it's just terrible. Like, he didn't even get... He didn't even get half time to go in. It was just like four minutes left in the second quarter, and we're just like, okay, let's throw the rookie in there. And, I, I mean, it's just no thought whatsoever. Just no – like, everyone's just criticizing us, as always. We just look so embarrassing. I mean, there's just such a disconnect between our front office and our coaches. It's, it's just – it's embarrassing. I actually found this quote – back when we signed Landon Collins in, like, March. And this is what Doug Williams said. When we look at players, this is from 106.7 The Fan, by the way, a DC radio station, that they wrote this up. He says, when we look at players, we look at talent. It's up to the defensive coordinator and the defensive back, back coaches to scheme them up. We're not in the room with the scheme. I don't exactly know what the scheme is. Our front office guy doesn't know what type of defensive scheme we run. Are you kidding me? What a joke. I mean, what a joke. He just says, well, this guy was good on another team, so, yeah, we bring him in. We have no idea if he fits on our team, but we bring him in here, and then our awful defensive coaches can't scheme him up correctly. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then I found this lovely stat from Ben Fennell in the NFL. Um, who's, the, who's the toughest to throw against on third down this season? Number one is the Lions, where the completion percentage is 44.4%. The Redskins, number 32 in the league, 87.2% completion percentage on third down. 87? <laughs> what? Ugh, and the bad. next closest team is Atlanta at 73%, which is terrible. But we are closer to 100% completion percentage than we are to the next closest team. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. I mean, Going into this year, the defense was the strength of our team, and they have been anything but. I, I don't get it. And each game, we've looked worse and worse. We came out against Philly and looked okay. I was like, all right, we'll win some games this year. We played Dallas. I was like, all right, you know, we're not that good, but we'll still probably win a few. When we play the Bears, I'm like, we suck. And now we play the Giants, and I think we are legitimately going to go in 16. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation down in Washington. I mean, I think it was Big Cat on Pro Football Talk who said dysfunctional organizations produce dysfunctional like results or whatever. A little paraphrase there. That's about what you're getting. It's not good when you have player people in charge of player personnel not knowing who to get. It doesn't bode well to throw a rookie quarterback out there who obviously hasn't grasped the offense yet and have him do baptism by fire. Um, it's not great when you're stirring a Gatorade cooler last week with a bunch of styrofoam cups. <laughs> it's not great when you have a pass defense that is that atrocious. You're not going to win a lot of football games in an NFL that is pass happy. I don't know what the solution is down there for you in Washington. I would suspect, though, Jay Gruden's probably on the way out, which yes. means you guys are in full-blown 
rebuild mode. Which... Full-blown rebuild mode. And, I mean, on top of that is we are so dysfunctional and known for being so dysfunctional is that no good coaches are going to want to come here anyway. Yep. Our, the last good coach we had was Shanahan, and once we ran him out of here, I'm sure he went and told all you know the other legendary coaches what a fucking shit show it is over here. I mean, it, it's it's really bad. And, of course, as always, let's review who was out this past game. Our starting left tackle, our starting tight end, our starting right guard, our starting center, our starting running back, one of our, our best starting wide receiver. Why is this happening every year with this team? I don't understand. Yeah, that is a rough one. I don't know what's going on with the injury part of it. It's tough to build a football team when you have that kind of problem. It's also really tough to evaluate if you have your quarterback number one, which they've, I mean, the point of drafting Haskins is for him to be the franchise quarterback, but it's really tough to evaluate a guy when you don't have a healthy line, when you don't have healthy play, and you have a complete dysfunction around him. You're never going to get a true evaluation on him, so I would be concerned about that. But the medical staff, too, that is one thing that has always baffled me in the NFL. I don't know how they don't have the best medical staffs on every single team out there. There should be no reason for that type of injury to plague a team year after year after year after year, like it does with you guys on the offensive line and elsewhere. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I don't know why this happens. It, it's awful. And like you said, how do we not have the greatest doctors on earth? Like, why are there players who are like against our doctors? Like, that shouldn't be a thing. These are professionals. I don't understand. Injuries are going to happen. It's the fact that they yeah, have very similar injuries at the same positions that leads you to believe that's more of a, they're not recovering properly, they're not rehabbing properly, they're not getting the right treatment to make sure that when they come back from said injuries, they have a higher chance of successfully not re-hurting themselves. That is a recipe for disaster that, for whatever reason, seems to be playing out in Washington more so than in other organizations, which is not great. Not great at all. Well, that is a tough situation down in Washington. I'm with you. I don't know how many football games they're going to be able to win. I guess the good news is, is the division outside of the Cowboys, which we'll get to in a moment, isn't exactly pristine, except for Daniel Jones is starting to tear it up a little bit. Um, I guess it's a good time to transition to my Bucks, given we're going off teams. Oh. I don't know what to think about my Buccaneers. That was Here a football game. I don't know what, what I'm going to get week to week. That's very Buccaneers-like. I'm usually in your position where it's dysfunction after dysfunction after dysfunction and that we are just a bottom-out team with my hopes and souls completely diminished. But that was the greatest game I've ever seen the Bucks play in the last, I don't know, the entire time in Jameis Winston's air. But then again, Jameis did kind of pop old Jameis out towards the end of it. Yes, he did. And through that pick six, which leads <laughs> me to be concerned. I'm not, I'm not taking the anomaly of one game. We'll see if he can put some consistent games. The one thing I am definitive in saying is Shaq Barnett is the great, is the best defensive player currently in the league, and he's the most dominant defensive player currently in the league. I know some people are going to take that as a shock because there's Khalil Mack out there, obviously, but Shaq Barrett is getting it done every single de- weekend. He's getting it done in every single way. It's not like he has one move. He has multiple moves. The man has nine sacks through four games. That's insane. He had the strip fumble to win us the game to make sure that they did not, uh, that we covered for Jameis's mistake. I love Shaq Barrett. <laughs> I mean, yeah, nine sacks in four games is the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, that, that comes Insane. up to, to 36 sacks. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, no way to keep that pace up, but if, I mean, if he actually did that, I would be like, oh, my God, that's like the most impressive record ever because he would just shatter the record. Um, and he, I mean, he's on pace to, to beat it, so let's hope he does. That'd be really cool. Um, but yep. yeah, your Buccaneers, I don't know what to expect out of them. I don't, I'm, I'm staying away from them wager-wise at this point because I don't know Smart. what they're going to do. 
I mean, they put up 50 on the Rams. I know they don't have a great defense, but they have big names on defense. And it's just a hell of a win for your team. It really was. The most surprising thing was, one, Jameis played well for 90% of the game. But more surprisingly is the offensive line played well against a pretty good defensive front for the Rams. They're not the best defensive front in football, but they're nothing to shy away from. Aaron Donald is the most, he is actually the most dominating player on defense. Shaq Barnett, through four games, has proven to be a force to be reckoned with. But Aaron Donald is still the best player on the defensive line and probably in the league. Yeah, he's probably the best player in the league. Yeah, they did a good job blocking him. They did a good job keeping the front, keeping that part of the game from not dominating the Buccaneers offense. And we were able to run a clean offense. Godwin finally got on the radar, everybody. I've been so excited oh, yeah. about this guy for so long because he has shown huge flashes, and he is now finally on everybody's radar. But you're right. I don't know what to make of the Bucs. I'm not holding my breath yet that we're going to be a success this year. We'll see. This could be a week-to-week team, or they could start to really put some things in front of them because the coaching staff is really good. Todd Bowles has changed that defensive mindset from what it has been in the past couple of years. The offense is definitely in a position to succeed. It ultimately comes down to the same thing it comes down to every year. The offensive line and Jameis Winston's play will determine how far this Buccaneers team goes. And I do not have a lot of faith in Jameis Winston, but I would like to be proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to have actual, like, real faith in the Bucs. I mean, it really is. <laughs> I mean, they are. But... We have flown way under the radar as how god-awful we've been over the last yeah. couple of decades. But there are some signs. Yeah, there are some signs. Yeah, you've flown way under the radar. You would think the skins are way worse, but they're not. Um, like, but it, it really would. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to have any sort of confidence in the team. But like you said, the coaching staff's amazing. Todd Bowles has got this defense playing out of his mind. I think Todd Bowles might be a one-year coordinator for you guys because I think he may go right back into head coaching next year. Because yeah. I mean, he's he's got he's got this defense flying around. Yep. So yeah, but I mean, it's it's hard to make. But I mean, you have reasons to be excited where you really haven't been excited in years so hey very true i'm very happy about it the top bowls thing is a great great point to be made and it's not one that's been being made because i don't blame him for the jet situation he did the best he could pretty empty cupboard out there as far as resources go and he did a pretty decent job with what they gave him so he's showing that he can coach if he can put together a full season where this bucks defense keeps up the level of production they're having I don't see why he, somebody doesn't snatch him. I think he will be a head coach again. That is a great point that isn't even talked about. I don't know what to make of the Bucks. Just like I don't know what to make of the Titans or the Falcons. Well, I do know what to make of the Falcons. I think the Falcons are dead. But the Titans, yes. I have no idea what to make of this team. They seem to play better against on the road than they do at home. And they seem to play better when everybody seems to have kind of written them off, yeah. which is a really random thing. I don't know what to make of this Titans team. I think the Falcons are dead, though. But they did wear some fire jerseys this weekend. The jerseys were cool. Yeah, I, I'm not a Falcons. Yeah, I'm not a Falcons believer. To be honest, as crazy as it sounds, I think you guys are second. And you're going to be second in the division. Um, insane. <laughs> I think that might happen. It's crazy. But yeah, the Titans. Yeah, I mean they get smacked around one week. They smack another team, or they smack someone else around the next week, and then it, it, it like it switches off with that team. They're very weird. Um, I kind of almost. Maybe things are coming together, but I kind of am going to lump them in kind of with the Browns as well. The Browns, you don't really know what you're going to get. I mean, they smoke the Ravens, but Odell does nothing. It was The NFL is so weird, you just never know what you're going to get. That is definitely the theme of this week's games, where it's the NFL, unlike college, any team can beat, beat on any Sunday, unless you're the Miami Dolphins. They're not winning a game this season. But outside of them, 
Any team oh, can win a football game. They may win in two weeks, buddy. <laughs> that is true also. Redskins coming up. I have faith. <laughs> but this week definitely showed from week to week, it completely changes. I yeah. was one that did not pick the Browns to win the Ravens game, which is a good kind of transition. I did not think Freddie Kitchens was going to make a comeback that quickly. I did not think the offense was going to be make that quick of a turnaround. The Ravens are a little bit concerning. I don't know if they're actually as good as we thought they were now. I mean, they did play some pretty crappy teams, and then they played well against the Chiefs, but they didn't look great. The Browns, though, looked like they've done a complete 180. The offense looked good. Baker had some time. The the play calling was actually intelligent this week. Mm -hmm. Um, Freddie Kitchens obviously seems to have learned that. We'll see if he goes back to his old ways here, but things just seem to clip. I was very surprised by that. But if this is the Browns team that – if this is what the, the Browns are going to produce, this is the team that everybody sort of thought they were, where they are a real playoff contender and hopeful to go a little deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I think they could, but I mean, you never, Let's like see. we said, you really never know. Um, I mean, Nick Chubb played out of his mind. I think they got to feed Nick Chubb way more. Okay. They, they got to get that guy involved. Um, and like you said with the Ravens, the Ravens, I have a little bit of concern with. Uh, Lamar plays well, but Lamar. A lot of times it takes Lamar a while to get going, and yeah. that's kind of concerning. Uh, like, a lot of times he doesn't really start to show up until the fourth quarter, and by that point, I mean, it's too late. Like, he'll get you those good fancy points, but he's not – he doesn't. Yes. He may not have his team in it. Yeah, and I think what I like about the Ravens is Hardball is playing kind of new era football where he's being super aggressive, and I like that. Yeah. Um, I think his style of coaching, same with uh, Peterson out in uh, Philadelphia – is ultimately the way you should be coaching in the NFL. I like these guys who are a little bit ballsier, a little bit riskier to try to win some games. You're right, though. That offense does not get rolling quickly. The defense, too, I think was exposed on a national level this week because the Browns brought some attention to how bad that was when you let everybody go. <laughs> like we, we thought preseason, both of us talked about this, how, how that defense was going to work. It seemed like it was going to be a patch job with the assets they lost. In this Browns game, very much exposed that. Where the Chiefs game, it was exposed, but it was it was a little bit more hidden because that game was a little bit more competitive. Where the Browns came in and really just had their way offensively with that defense. Yeah, they really did. And if the Browns keep doing this, I mean, they're going to make some noise. But they have a really tough schedule, so I'm going to you know hold back on the Browns. They're only 2-2. Two and two. Um, We'll see what ends up happening. But, I mean, that clearly is either one of those teams' division because Steelers, they're out, and the Bengals. I think the Redskins could beat the Bengals. I, oh, I wish we were playing them because I think we could win that game. The <laughs> Bengals are in They are so bad. Spot. <laughs> A.J. Green just sits on the sideline, angry, injured, and says, oh, my God, Bill Belichick, come get me. Like, just, Yeah. <laughs> oh, my it, God. It's a bad situation. I don't – it's not going to get better in Cincinnati because Cincinnati has the fatal flaw that the offensive line – is absolute garbage. There is no real redeeming quality, I don't think, on that. And your quarterback, Andy Dalton... He's a, he's a pylon. He does not yes, move. He's unfortunately not a guy who can survive with a not not a decent offensive line. You give him time, and you give him an asset or two, he's a fine quarterback, I think. You yeah. take that away, good fucking luck. Because you're not going to win a lot of football games, and your offense is going to look like a JV version of some dog shit high school down the road like it is not good situation and the play calling also is not wonderful for the offense they have eric taylor's really got to get going here because 
the types of plays he's calling are not something that is going to lead to any form of success with the offensive line you have and the limited weapons you have without AJ Green and a quarterback who is not mobile, who doesn't feel pressure very well at this point in his career right now, and is just not playing well because he just doesn't have a lot. He is a plateau quarterback. You give him something, he'll do well. You take it away, he's going to do terrible, and that's where they're at. It's a it's a bad situation down up here in Cincinnati. <laughs> it's yeah, I mean it's really bad. I, I think I'd love to. See, do they do they play Dolphins? They might. They might. Go <laughs> to the Pats Bengals game later in the year, which should be real interesting. <laughs> Pats. At least yeah, you like, see Tom. I considered going to the Skins uh, Pats game this weekend because I want to see Brady. I've never seen Brady play, and I was like, damn, we're gonna get our asses kicked. But it'd be cool to see Tom. It would. That's they do play the Dolphins on December twenty second. Oh <laughs> my god, it's the worst game. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm all about seeing Tom. I want to see greatness when I can see greatness. But yeah, yeah that is going to be a terrible game. Um, a game that was surprisingly terrible. Well, not surprisingly terrible in offense. The Pats Bills. Talk yeah. about a defensive slugfest. I don't know how much to chalk it up. They obviously have two very good defenses. The Pats are obviously out of this world. And what they can do on the outside, because they just play man coverage all day, allows them to do just wreak chaos on you because of their corner situation. But I don't know how much was great defense versus how much was just really bad offense. Because there was some really bad offense played in this Bills-Pats game, which if you're a Patriots fan, you could chalk it up, I guess, Bills defense being really good. But at the same time, there were some concerns because there was some exposure there that this offense may not be as good as we thought they were because it, it didn't look good. Like, it didn't look completely like a defensive domination where it was more of a mixture of bad offense with really good defense as well. And same thing with the Bills. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I would agree. There was definitely some some things were exposed with the Patriots' offense. Um, the Bills' defense is nasty, but yeah. I mean, but there were definitely some some concerning things that maybe I'd be a little worried about. But I don't think they have to overly worry because as nasty as the Bills' defense is, I think the Patriots' defense is even better. Um, this Pats' defense is like a Pats' defense from like 2001 through 2004 when. Believe it or not, Tom Brady was actually more of a game manager than he was like a stud quarterback back then. Like he kind of just they really rode their defenses in Tom's like first two to three Super Bowls. First two for sure. They rode the defense 100% and I think they're probably going to ride the defense more this year than they have recently, which is fine. I mean, it's perfect for Tom. He's older, he's still really good, but if he can have a defense that he can rely on, I mean, that's all the Pats need. Yeah, it is. It's a scary situation for offenses to try to beat this Pats team because their defense is so well balanced. Where you've got, like I said, the guys on the edge that can play man coverage, and then you got the guys inside at linebacker and defensive end that can wreak some real havoc on you. Um, I don't know how you're going to beat this team. I mean, the Chiefs will obviously probably put up some points against them, but I don't think there's a lot of teams in the AFC that are going to be able to put up a lot of points against this Pats D's this year, which is good if the offense becomes sluggish. And it has some issues that you can fall back. You know, there are special teams play away from probably losing that game. But right. they still found a way to get a win. They still found a way to play really great defense against a pretty decent offense. I mean, the Bills haven't really played anybody, but they have made strides offensively. Yeah. Um, but it was two defensive slugfests. I'm interested to see what the repeat of this game will be like in Foxborough later in the year. Yeah. Um, Matt Barkley obviously coming in pretty much diminished any chance the Bills were going to have at pounding yes. a comeback. Um, we'll also have to see what happens with Josh Allen. But, yeah, if you're a Patriots fan, I don't think there's overly concerned because, like you said, you can fall back on that defense. You can rely on it. But the offense, 
I think will obviously improve. The biggest takeaway right. here from there is at no point now can you not say Bill Belichick isn't the greatest, maybe not the greatest, but one of the greatest defensive minds out there because he has no defensive coordinator. This defense is fully in his control this year, and they are creating absolute havoc. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, one other thing I'd say taken from that game is Bills fans, maybe you guys are good. <laughs> I know. That's right? exciting. Maybe the Bills yeah. are really good. There's a chance you might fit in for a wild card this season. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you're going to win the division, but. Yeah, probably not, unfortunately. I mean, you're... but. You're in spit distance. Yeah, they're a good yeah. team. Well-rounded team, I think. Yeah. Josh Allen, I think, is going to improve. He's shown some strides early. Um, yeah. He's still obviously got a ways to go. But, yeah, if you're a Bills fan, God, Bills fans, can you imagine what they're going to be like if they actually have a good football team? <laughs> no, I actually can't because I've never really seen them have one. But, I mean, they're going to be ridiculous. Buffalo might burn to the ground. <laughs> it's awesome. It'd be great. It'd be great for the league. Yeah, it really would. That game should have been flexed to – the night game oh actually yeah. that's, i didn't get to see much of the night game i didn't deal yeah, with it was, but it was all right. yeah which goes to the that was my game of the week of we'll see if they're good the cowboys i mean i think they're good i think they're good but i don't really know i mean the saints are a very good team but they're also not without drew Brees, which is awesome for if you're a saints fan that teddy bridgewater is going to carry your water until yeah. drew Brees shows up and you guys are going to be just fine but i don't know how good the cowboys are now i think they're good but i don't really know how good they are I'm with you, and I'm with you on the whole Teddy thing. I mean, if my starting quarterback goes down, and then I realize, okay, I have to play in Seattle, and then they played in Dallas. They were both away games, weren't they? Uh, they were in the Dome for the Dallas game. Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. This last game, they were in the Dome. But yeah, you play in Seattle, and then play at home against Dallas, a team that Dallas always plays the Saints very well. Yes. Um, and, and as as a fan, I'd be like, okay, well, we're going to go zero and two, and then we'll get Drew back, and then probably two weeks after that, if we're lucky, we'll go two and two. Well, Teddy goes in and starts off two and zero. I mean, he's not going to take Drew's job, obviously, but I mean, he's just covering perfectly for you. I mean, as a Saints yeah. fan, I'd be very excited. And with Dallas, I mean, I think Dallas is good. I actually would say New Orleans is probably the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. I think they were probably the best team in the NFC last year as well. So, losing to New Orleans in that ugly-ass 12-10 game, I mean, I, I wouldn't panic because Dallas has been really good since before then. So, I wouldn't overly panic, but I tell you what, this New Orleans team is really good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to overly panic if you're a Dallas fan. I'm just not going to crown your ass yet that you guys are oh, the yeah. second-best team in the NFC, which I think oh. a lot of people were starting to do based off those first couple weeks. Um, Dak... Playing like he wants a contract, but having some points where you go, oh, there's the Dak that we are concerned about. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Um, I'm with you. I mean, the Saints were the best team last year, I think, in the NFC. They're one horrifically bad call away from going to the Super Bowl, which has really screwed the NFL up. Still shocked that that call was not made, and it has had some really ugly lasting ramifications. But they're still, a, they are probably, like you said, the best team in the NFC. And if you can carry water, which I think you're going to be able to, um, with Teddy, it's one of the reasons you should really invest in a good backup. When you lose your Hall of Fame quarterback, he comes in, the defense is good enough, the offense can carry on until he gets back, and you guys pick up right where you're left off, and you're probably competing for the number one seed in a bye in the early set of the playoffs. Um, but the NFL is week to week, so I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. That's just the evaluation at this point. Yeah. Um, one thing I did not see coming, which I think is one part that we do need to, just about the actions that happen in the game, Raiders-Colts. 
I did not see the Ra- Raiders putting up 31 against the Colts and beating them. The big part of that game, though, is Vontez Burfick has lost about $6 million in fines and is out for the rest of the season. For one of the worst hits I have seen in football. Really bad. Really bad hit, dude. I mean, he's just like the guy's Jack Doyle, right? Um, he's yep. just... I mean, he's just on his knees, just like his head is his head is down, and Vontez just thinks, oh, "What a great opportunity for me to like put my head directly down too, and just like Him a battering ram." Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just the most most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I, I mean, I saw the replay on Twitter, and I was just like, "Whoa!" I mean, it, awful. That guy's just he it's can't just so unnecessary. He can't learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such an unnecessary hit. I'm all for. I understand that football is a bang-bang sport, and yes. sometimes this shit happens. But that is a situation where no point was head-to-head contact not avoidable 130,000%. <laughs> like, that was, I want to seriously hurt this man intentions, and that yeah. shit has to go. I'm not for that. It's okay if it happens in a bang-bang play or you're lowering yes. your body levels, things like that. We all have brains and can understand the difference. That is not what that is. I have no problem with them suspending him for the full year. I have a feeling he's probably going to get less games on appeal because that yeah. seems to be how the NFL operates. It's also insane. He's lost $6 million, about $6 million Crazy. in fines. <laughs> like, at what point do you just learn? Um, but I think the question has to be asked, does this man deserve to be in the NFL much longer? He is an insane linebacker. But if he's going to continue to do this, at some point, he's going to truly hurt somebody in a very bad way. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, the fact that he, you know, runs off the field with a big old smile on his face, just like smug asshole. I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure Doyle was on his knees, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He could have touched him. Yep, could have touched him. Or you could have done, and I think it was in the Chiefs-Lions game where the corner had a very similar situation, but instead of hitting him, he kind of waited for him to get up and then punched the ball out, making a very smart adjustment to the move while also being in a position to just touch him down and cause the fumble. So, like, there's a lot of things that could have been better there. That was just a pure, I want to take out one of your better players, and I want to hurt that other individual, which there's this game is already violent enough. We don't need that type of malicious kind of, I want to send you to the hospital type of hit. Exactly, yeah. Um which I guess Chiefs-Lions is kind of the last game I want to touch on. I know the Lions are lost there, but the Lions are a hell of a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year. And Matthew Stafford, there was a play where he threw a touchdown pass through quadruple coverage in one of the tightest windows I've ever seen. The Lions' defense, as you hit on before with their kind of uh, pass coverage, this team has made leaps and bounds from first-year Matt Patricia to second-year Matt Patricia. I don't know if Matt Patricia is necessarily the greatest coach for that situation because he plays uber conservative in the second half of football games and plays them to lose, honestly. But if you're a Lions fan, losing to the Chiefs by four and kind of that big of a leap from last year's team, it's got to make you a little happy. Yeah, I agree, and I agree with Matt Patricia does not know how to coach in the second half. He really doesn't. They keep crumbling in the second half. They could be, they could have three wins. Um, but yeah, the Lions, the Lions are a good team. I mean. I mean, carry on Johnson, if he didn't fumble right on the goal line, I mean, that made it, yeah. would have made a huge difference. Um, <laughs> no doubt about that. But, yeah, I mean, Patricia seems to motivate them and seems to have them playing hard. So, I mean, you, you got to respect the Lions more than maybe we initially thought we had to. And they have that 44% completion percentage on them in third down. And I think Darius Slay has only played two games. I mean, Darius Slay is one of the best corners in the league. Yeah. If he was playing, it would probably be even lower. So yeah, they have a good team in Detroit. I, I didn't really see it coming, but 
I did not see that coming. Yeah, I did not see that coming. They compete. Obviously, a loss loss still sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking from the perspective, and I don't want to give too much credit because I hate that. Like, you saw that in college when Notre Dame lost to Georgia. It's like, come on. They lost. They just didn't get the snot beat out of them like they have in the SEC every time we see them. The Lions still lost. It's just when you have such a historically bad team, like my Bucks, for example, and you get that close to beating one of the premier teams in the NFL, that's a pretty decent significance as far as, okay, things are starting to turn the corner. We may actually have something here if we can just fix some very easy mistakes that we're making. But we'll see with them. Um, any other game? I think we touched on most of the good ones. Um, uh, nothing major. I just want to say Kirk Cousins sucks. He's a bum. Oh, yeah. Guy's not a good quarterback. I'm so glad we didn't pay that bum. He's such a bum. The Thielen-Cousins relationship is going to be an interesting one to watch. I mean, yeah, that situation's real bad because you have in the NFL your windows are are very small, and they the Vikings are in a tough spot because their window they have a great team, but the quarterback position is very much their ball and chain. Yes, he struggles. He's allergic to the moment. I mean, everything he does, all those stats he has, going to the fourth quarter, he had like 110 yards. You know, they're losing. Old dopey Kirk Cousins throws for like 150 more yards. So his stats look okay. He's such a bum. Every time he gets sacked, ball pops out. He fumbled twice. He's garbage. It is. That is a rough situation. I don't know how you make that better because they're not going to really be in a position to draft a quarterback. There's not a ton of guys you can go out and get. And I don't know if they really want to be. It's a three-year fully guaranteed contract. Yes. They have to pay him through next year. I mean, he's getting like $29 million given to him next year. And I would kill to have those weapons. Dalvin Cook, Diggs, Thielen. Are you kidding me? Like, just, I would kill for those weapons. Yeah. I mean, and you don't even have to be the best quarterback in the league. You just have to be good enough that they're not loaded the, the wall. box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throw get, it to Diggs, maybe. What are you doing? Get the ball out quick find your targets, and just play competently so they're not loading the box and teeing off on Cook. Because Cook is phenomenal with no real threat of a pass game. But like Thielen said, every defense knows what they're going to do now, and it's just so easy to game plan because he is such a non-threat. He's going to have a game. They're going to play some crappy team, and he's going to have a game where he goes off, and it's going to be like, oh, is Kirk Cousins back? No. He's going to be the same guy year after year after year, and his stripes have not changed. Trust me, I was actually hanging out with my brother this past week when we were watching the Skins awful game, and I, I was saying the Skins are going to become that team that everyone just circles on the calendar. They're, the Minnesota's already they're looking ahead, they're they're circling the Skins game like, all right, Kirk will regain his confidence here. That's what everyone's doing to us right. They're just circling the Skins like, oh, he's we're playing like shit. Oh, no worries, we play the Skins here in a second. That's that he'll probably kill us, but I mean he's just not very good. I did now thinking about talking about quarterbacks, quickly touching on it. The quarterback situation down Zach Jacksonville. Gardner Menchu is having himself a day down there every yes. weekend. I Poor Nick Foles, dude. Guy. Right? <laughs> this is one of those situations where it's like it sucks because you hate to see a guy lose his job to injury. But at this point, I think it's Gardner Minshew's job to lose. And Nick oh, Foles yeah. can't really come back to suck, which sucks because he seems like a very nice guy. But Gardner is out there having himself a day every Sunday. Slinging it. He's out there slinging it, and he competes. But, I mean, no matter – Nick Foles, no matter where he goes, he, he just kind of loses his job, and he's a good quarterback, and I'm just like, damn, kind of sucks for him. 
it does suck, but man, is it fun to watch Gardner. Yep, I did not fan. see that coming. Coming. He had a great career at Washington State, but at his size, I did not see that coming. I love seeing that kind of thing. And his personality is – he's got that kind of Baker Mayfield type of personality. I was going to say he's Baker, but cooler. Yeah, way cooler. Yeah. Less Which douchey. Baker's, yes, very true as well. Um, all right, this weekend, I we have not looked very in-depth at this board. It's kind of quick reactionary things. Some things jump off to me. Not a whole lot. Um, I don't – I think the Cardinals are probably going to get a win against the Bengals, which is kind of crazy to say. I don't, I'm not 100% sure about that, but it, I could see that happening. Um, the most interesting game to me is Houston-Atlanta because Atlanta has been absolutely trash. They have just crumbled since Kyle Shanahan has left offensively. Dan Quinn, I assume, is on his way out because the amount of talent they have, they should not be this bad. They're giving five points to Houston, but Houston is also under Bill O'Brien. Seems to just have a desire to get Deshaun Watson killed every single week. I don't know what to make of that game, but I feel like that has the potential to either be a breakout for Houston or, nah, I don't know. Maybe Atlanta finally breaks out, but that's an interesting game matchup for me. It's a tough board. I mean, I'm looking at the Giants Vikings, and, and I mean, we talk about how crappy the Vikings are and how Daniel Jones is playing pretty well. I mean, Giants are getting six points here. I mean, that's kind of juicy for me. I, it's definitely one I might dabble in. Um, yep. We mentioned your Bucks, man. They're playing the Saints. I think the Saints are the best damn team in the league, but I, well, at least in the NFC. But I don't know what I'm going to get out of the Bucks. Oh, three and a half. I mean, that seems pretty favorable for the Saints. But Yeah, we historically have not played well in the Dome, <laughs> especially in the Jameis era. Yeah, Jameis. Jameis Winston era. Uh, that has typically been a, oh, let's see how – how embarrassing the Bucks can be. That's an eat a W scene. That's a Thursday yeah. night ass kicking of like bajillion points. Um, so I, I want my Bucks to win. Obviously, I'm going to stay away from it because I hate betting games where my teams are involved. But if I was not, if I was from the outside, I do think that three points is very favorable for the Saints. I think that's probably an easy ticket to cash just because of the history of the Bucks. And I could very easily see Jameis coming riding super high into this game and giving us the same old James that we're used to <laughs> a little yeah. over hockey thinking he's a gunslinger and getting kind of demolished by the, the Saints defense. Yeah. I, I kind of, you're kind of talking me into it there. Um, what do you think about the chiefs Colts 11 and a half? I mean, I know I, the Colts just got raced, but they've also played well. So I need to look into the T Y Hilton situation. If he's out again, then I think probably the chiefs, um, cause I think Mac got hurt too in that. I got to do more research into this, but oh, if that happened, well, then yeah. yeah, I think that might be why that's so high. I got to see, I, I'm going to wait on that game closer to the game time to make sure that they're out. Um, yeah. but I'm with you on that, the Chicago Oakland game, they're giving Oakland five. I mean, I know Chicago offensively doesn't look great. Chase Daniels came in and played pretty well, but the defense of Chicago, I have to think is going to terrorize Derek Carr. I don't know. Is... against his old team. He's going to yeah. him all five, dude. Just, I think that's a lot of points, too. That's the situation, too. I mean, obviously, um, Mitchell's probably good when he comes back because Chase Daniels isn't a starting quarterback. But right. they did look better with Chase in the game this week. They um, did. It's a week-to-week thing, but he seemed to read the field a lot better than, than Mitch has been able to grasp. Yeah, for sure. I, I would agree there. Um, Baltimore gonna... Steelers are my – they're giving the Steelers plus three. Rudolph looked – the offensive play calling – looked really good for Rudolph and keeping him comfortable in the game, but Pittsburgh is not good. They're not a very good team. Yeah, I am with you there. The Ravens, we also don't know about them, but I feel like three is a little low for them. Seems a little low. 
I feel like that's a game where, yeah, where Lamar gets back on track and the defense, once again, it's a patchwork job down there in in Baltimore, I think. But I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see that that going. It's weird this year. I like, they're like not getting the ball to Juju like I thought they would. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're still getting production elsewhere, but it's just a weird team this year. Yeah. We'll see. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to throw out some picks in the Degenerate Report later this week. We'll see how it goes. But those are the games that are jumping off the board to us this week. It was a hell of a week last week. We'll see what this week brings. But any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No, skins suck. That's about it. <laughs> I've got one. It's actually I'm giving a, a, a Dumb Dumb of the Week award out this Ooh. week. And I'm giving it to Daryl Ravel. I don't know if you saw his tweet last night. Oh. So California, for those of you who don't know, is signed a bill to pay or signing a bill. I got mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where we're at that. Um, but basically, a bill is being passed in California. In Florida, yeah. it's up as well to pay college athletes by their likeness. This is Darren Ravel's take on this. And I am sorry for how dumb that you are going to have to become to hear this take. But he tweeted last night. I am not arguing for or against college athletes' endorsements, but this is what comes with it. One, the end of the NCAA. Two, fewer rules, more cheating. Three, complete professionalism of college sports. Players won't be tied to academics, like like won't need to go to class. There is so much wrong with that. It is insane. I'm sure they go to class. <laughs> First of all, do we not all remember Texas earlier this year tweeting out their greatest GPA like ever, like two point six nine? They're not going to class as it is. Yeah, Second of all, I'm I'm sorry, Darren. Is the NFL not an organizational structure? Is every professional sports not need some oversight body? The NCAA is not going anywhere. It's going to change if you start paying players, but they're still going to need an oversight committee. And the NCAA isn't going anywhere. And two. If you pay the players, then there won't be cheating on paying them because the rule will be you can pay them. So I don't understand where he was going on this. All three points are dumb, and they were all just absolutely eviscerated. His um, his comment section on that was a rough one last night, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you get rid of the NCAA, like there's so there's gonna be no structure. I mean, yeah, what, what do you mean? <laughs> Yeah. Our team's just going to call it, hey, you want to play today? Okay. Like, yeah. what? Who's going to put on the tournament games? Who's going to put together everything else? Like, you're still going to need an oversight body. The NCAA is going to do that. Their role's just going to change. Yeah, who's going to handle all the, the money coming in? Like, yeah. Dumbest thing ever. Think. What, what an idiot. Ass. All right. Well, that was Darren Rebell for you this week. As always, we'll see you guys later. Peace. Oh, oh.